it's more important to teach someone how to think for themselves than it is to teach them what to think. Getting discomfortable with family. As I mentioned in my coming out episode, I told my family I was gay during our semi-annual family meeting. It's worth noting that after I came out at that family meeting, we never had a family meeting again. I'm not saying it was my fault, but maybe it was my fault. Was like, who knows what's going to get revealed at family meetings? It's too dangerous. So, twelve years later, this summer, my mother decided it was finally time to have another family meeting, and it got me thinking about family and our family specifically, and shame and how those things interrelate. More and more, I've been seeing shame as a type of childhood. As a stage of development that is natural for humans and healthy, but from which we are supposed to grow out of, to to transcend eventually, to master. Shame is a great way to control people, and when we are young and vulnerable and stupid, it makes sense to use shame to keep us from hurting ourselves and to compel us. To learn society's social rules, to to master socializing and friendship, and to learn how to connect with people, which is so important for our health, and when we were hunter gatherers, so important for our literal survival. But then, at a certain age, once we had mastered following the rules, our tribe needed to push us outside of that control and say, "Now you need to become an adult." Who can think for him or herself? Not long ago, I read Carl Jung's *Man and His Symbols*, and Jung makes the point that in a lot of Aboriginal cultures, there is a kind of rite of passage and an initiation rite that happens sometime around the age of thirteen, where they push a child out into the wilderness and force that child to survive on its own for several months. Though Jung doesn't talk about it in terms of shame, he talks about this initiation rite as a way in which to break the kind of brainwashing control that the tribe has over this child and force the child to become an adult, to become an individual, by making him or her fight for their own life, by proving to them. That they can survive on their own, that they can make their own decisions, that they are just as equal and capable as any of the adults who used to be controlling them. And when this child comes back to the tribe after a month or whatever it is, they are now considered an adult who is able to reintegrate into the tribe, but as an autonomous individual with their own ideas, their own self-awareness, their own sense of value. And that, to me, seems like a perfect way to deal with shame, and it seems like a perfect way to end childhood. Shame and childhood are a period of time where you allow yourself to be controlled by others, where your opinions are theirs. But when you go through some kind of initiation rite like this, you discover that you are just as capable at adulting as anyone else, 
And so you start to decide, I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to make my own rules. I'm going to decide based on my own experiences what is true and what isn't. And that is how you overcome shame. In Jung's view, he calls it a process of individuation. For him, where everything was about the unconscious brain, it was a period of time where you get in touch with the intelligent voice deep within you, your, your real identity, and you eschew all of the imprinted voices from your parents and your society. Jung doesn't conceptualize it in terms of shame, but what he's discussing is pretty much exactly what I would call a shame breakthrough, and it's basically exactly what I experienced when I had my quote-unquote shame breakthrough. Of course, I wasn't 13 at the time, I was uh, 35 or something, but better late than never. I think we live in a culture where people don't have this kind of break from being a child to being an adult. I think for most people, it sort of happens around the time where they have their own children, where they literally discover that they are now parents and they need to really assume that role. And that is usually the moment when they have that kind of psychic break from their own childhood and their own parents. And that brings up a really interesting point. Becoming an adult is essentially the process of becoming your own parent. You now assume the role of caring for yourself, looking out for yourself, telling yourself what is right and what is wrong, teaching yourself, protecting yourself, standing up for yourself. All of those things are your parents' role when you are a certain age, and then you take that on. But so many of us fail to fully do that. We don't eat proper meals. We neglect our hygiene. We don't motivate ourselves. We don't push ourselves. We don't want the best for ourselves. We are being shitty parents to ourselves. And it's probably connected to the fact that psychically we haven't really made that break with our own actual parents yet. We need to, in a way, retire our own actual literal parents and start parenting ourselves. We need to take that responsibility and say, it's not anyone's job now to tell me what to do and to tell me how to do it well and to tell me how to live and to tell me how to succeed. I'm the one who has to tell myself. Maybe it seems obvious that being an adult means that you are your own parent. But to me, I didn't really put that together. I, I understood that I was an adult and that I had to do adult-like things, but I sort of resented it, and I, I sort of did a half-assed job of it. But now that I conceptualize that my real role is to take over for my parents and parent myself, I have just a much more proactive and responsible point of view on my life and on my responsibility and on myself. A lot of people talk about how our inner monologues can be so abusive to ourselves. The way you talk to yourself in your own head is often super critical, super harsh. And, and they say you should talk to yourself as if you are a child. Well, this conception of parenting yourself takes that to a literal level. It's your responsibility to treat yourself like a vulnerable child and to do everything you can to nurture that child, to protect that child, and to empower that child, which happens to be you. So when you screw up, instead of being like, you stupid idiot, what were you thinking? You should have known better. 
you can have a much gentler approach, like as if you recognize that inside of you is a tender child who needs a lot of affection and encouragement and caring, and that the only person who can really give that to you in a healthy way is yourself. If anybody else starts babying us like that as adults, it's going to feel disrespectful. It's not going to meet our need for equality, fairness, for autonomy. But we can talk to ourselves like that and recognize that it's okay because we are at once the child and the adult. By talking to myself in a gentle way, I'm not treating myself as lesser because the voice that is doing the talking. Is also me. I'm both the wise adult caregiver and the sensitive child all at once, which I think is rather true. So when I look at family and how an adult family should interact, I think there needs to be a shift away from the traditional roles of parent and children, and you need to find a kind of egalitarian peer group. You you become more like a group of equal friends than the traditional hierarchical family. A lot of people, instead of completely owning their adulthood and parenting themselves, find a life partner. Who will essentially do that for them? That's why people are said to marry their mother or father. They look for a partner who basically meets their needs as a child in the exact same way that their actual parent did. So you have the really controlling wife, or the really dominant husband, or whatever paradigm you're looking for, and all you're really doing is extending your childhood yet again. Becoming an adult is. Parenting yourself, not finding a life partner who will take over the parenting duties for your old parents. Even when you have children, you might still fail to be parenting yourself. You might be doing a great job of parenting them, but if you are making meals for them and taking them to school and making sure they have all the attention and affection that they need, but you are then on the side not looking after your own needs. Then you are failing yet again to be an adult. Being an adult means taking care of your own needs, taking responsibility for making yourself the best version of yourself, the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. That is true adulthood, and I am only just figuring this out. So when I look at the future of my family and of any adult family, I realize that we need to kind of let go of our old conception of parent and children, even of sibling and sibling, and create a kind of equal group of friends. We need to smash the classic hierarchy where the parents are at the top, and then there's the oldest sibling and the middle kid and the youngest kid. We need to smash all of that. And create an egalitarian group of peers who respect one another, who help one another, and people within that group will have different skills. Of course, you know the older generation can still be a source of sage advice, but the younger generation is also important in terms of their technical savvy or their fresh perspective. 
It's an opportunity for everybody to relinquish their old roles that are probably holding them back from being fully self-actualized anyway, and find a new respectful relationship where you can all be equal. You can all be equally adult. You can all be equally shame-free. I think it's natural for parents to take a kind of vicarious ownership of their children. Their children's success is their success. Their children's failures are their failures. But honestly, that's not true, and I don't think that's a helpful way to help your children individuate or break through shame or become full adults who can parent themselves. You need to treat them slightly arm's length removed once they become adults and be like, hey, you know, do your thing. If you fail, that's on you. If you succeed, that's on you. It's not about the parent at all. And the more a parent clings to that kind of vicarious ownership of their children, the more their relationships with their children will break down as the children age, I think, because their adult children will no longer want to be treated like a piece of property or like a child. And they will become frustrated with the fact that whenever they tell their parents something, there's so much emotional engagement on the parent's side that it's uncomfortable for them. When a friend tells me a struggle they're going through, of course I care about my friend, and I want my friend to succeed and to be happy, but I don't take it on as if their problems are my problems, and that by making a mistake they are hurting me. But that's kind of what parents do when they get locked into this ownership of their children. When their children come to them with a problem or a mistake that they may have made or something that they regret, they know that the parents are going to take on that negative emotion and be hurt by it. And that's almost like getting hurt twice. You get hurt once by making the mistake yourself and feeling badly about it, but then by sharing it with a parent, you get hurt in the exact same way all over again, and you hurt this other person that you care about. For your own well-being, you actually need parents to create a boundary again and say, I'm not you. I'm not hurt by your pain. I'm a separate person. That is one of the best ways to empower a child to be honest, to be communicative, and to solve their own problems. Even more confusing is that when a parent really feels that they own their children and their accomplishments, the parent is probably getting a sense of value via their children, which is highly problematic because it means that the parents aren't creating value for themselves in their own life. They're basically kind of trapped in this one role of parent and they, they can't move on because their whole identity is wrapped up in getting value from the accomplishments of their children, which is way too much pressure to put on your children, even as adults, because they recognize that they have to succeed. There's all this pressure to do well. Otherwise, not only will they feel bad personally, but they know that their mother and father will lose their own sense of value. So it's like everyone's identity is riding on their achievements. They will bring shame to the whole family if they don't do everything perfectly. And that is totally unfair. Especially when you get into shame theory 
and you start to demystify shame and discover that your achievements don't actually bring you any personal value. And then you're kind of trapped because you want to get out of this cycle of proving you're a human of worth by getting paid or being successful or being famous. But you're kind of locked into it because if you break free from that, you will also be leaving your parents stranded. You will be, in effect, cutting off their vicarious source of validation that they are getting from you like value vampires. It's hard enough to liberate ourselves from this cultural message that achievement equals value. And even harder when you have to basically liberate your parents at the same time. I remember when I was in grade maybe two or three, they told us that the math they had taught us the previous year wasn't real math. They were like, hmm, we were teaching you a kind of simplified form of math because you weren't quite ready to understand real math. But now we think you're ready, so we're going to start teaching you the truth. We're going to rewrite the rules. I think this is an interesting analogy for how you could parent your child in a healthy way that allows you to help protect them and to encourage them to develop values that you think are healthy and important and to encourage them to learn how to socialize and gain a sense of acceptance and approval and validation. All of those things I think are healthy because we are social animals and we need to learn how to interact with other people, how to We need to learn how to empathize, things like that. That's very important to our well-being. But then at a certain age, it's almost like you need to pull back the curtain and be like, okay, I was kind of teaching you a simplified version of life, and now you need to see that things are more complicated. And I don't know what age that is. You know, for some people, maybe it's 13, but maybe it's actually more like 18 or 35 or something. I'm not sure, but it really is a kind of modern initiation ritual where you say to your child, I indoctrinated you, I brainwashed you uh, because these are my values and I believe in them and I want you to be happy and healthy and I wanted you to survive. But now, so that you are not controlled by shame for the rest of your life, I need to teach you that my opinions don't actually matter more than your opinions. You know, some of the things I've taught you, uh, you will probably agree with. Some of them you might not. But what's more important is that you make the decision for yourself of what is true, what is right, how one should be, what you should pursue. It, It has to come from you and not from me as your parent, or you will not be an adult. And I think it's so true, and I think it's so important, and I think it's so upsetting that so many parents in the world, it seems, would rather have their adult children indoctrinated in the exact same worldview as they have, rather than to see their adult children blossom into their own person. It's kind of like I said a couple weeks ago in the cult episode. It's more important to teach someone how to think for themselves than it is to teach them what to think. 
but there's, you know, a time and a place. A 10-year-old is probably not yet mentally equipped to completely think for themselves. I grant you that. That's, that's probably true. But at a certain age, it becomes more important to allow this child to make a bunch of mistakes because they genuinely wanted to try something than to make no mistakes but to be basically brainwashed by someone else's opinions. The best way to learn a lesson is the hard way anyway. And when you're outside of shame, as I've said before, mistakes don't take on the same gravity that they used to. When you're inside shame, any mistake reflects badly on you because you believe that your value is based on the opinions of others. So if you make a mistake, all these other people might judge you. And so you become a perfectionist who, who doesn't want to make any mistakes. But when you get outside of shame, you realize that people's opinions don't matter more than your own opinion. And the way to learn and grow and become a better person is always through making mistakes and learning from them. So it becomes imperative to make mistakes. And that is a process that any child should go through on their way to becoming an adult. So I think it's incumbent upon parents to take a moment when their child is a certain age and have a kind of graduation slash retirement party where they teach the child that, hey, you were kind of getting baby math. Now it's time to learn adult math. And that is that from now on, I am not your parent in the sense that I control you and, and I, I give you the sustenance that you need. Now you have to parent yourself and we will become peers and I can still help you and advise you, but I don't own you anymore and I don't control you and you are not my responsibility. You are now your own responsibility and it is up to you to decide what is true and right and valid for you yourself. And I think in that kind of worldview, in that kind of relationship, there's an inherent sense of unconditional love. When you are telling someone that they can go off and do whatever they think is right and make whatever mistakes they need to make, and that that process is more important than any given moment of being right or wrong. It says to that child, I'm going to love you no matter what you do. I, I love whoever you are. Go and figure out who that is and report back and I will love that person, even if I disagree with them, even if they disagree with me. And that, that's a difficult graduation ceremony to have because it's also a retirement party. And as a parent, it really is like losing your identity. You know, you were a parent and now you're not. Now you're a friend. And you need to figure out after 13 to 18 years of getting a sense of value and identity, meaning and purpose from raising a child. Okay, now what? Now what am I going to do? Now how am I going to get a sense of value and meaning in my life? And I don't have the answer to that because I'm not a parent and I haven't been through that. But it's clear to me that that is probably the most healthy version of a modern initiation celebration or ceremony, whatever you want to call it, in order to create an adult who is resilient to shame. I should note uh, that I am no expert in any of this. I am not a parent. 
These are all just my observations from my own life, my own family, and the people I know and their families. So maybe it's a bit wishful thinking, but I still believe in it. And part of what makes this so important, again, linking back to the episode I did about cults, is that not only will this make your adult child more resilient to shame, but it's less likely to make them a follower of someone else. It's one thing to raise a child and have them under your thumb as a parent, but at a certain point, it's possible that they will reject you because they don't want to be treated like a child anymore. But because they haven't learned the skills of demystifying shame, after they reject the parent, they will look for another belief system to adapt. It's what Dr. Alan Downs would call foreclosure. Instead of sitting with the discomfort of not knowing what their beliefs and morals are anymore because they've rejected their parents, they will immediately fill that discomfort, that void, with a shake-and-bake, ready-made solution like a political party or some kind of job or cult or new religion. In an attempt to raise a child to follow your rules exactly, it might backfire and they might reject you, but then not have the skills of critical thinking to find their own beliefs that are healthy. And instead, in that rejection process, you will have created a blind follower, a, a, a sheep who's just going to find the next most convincing ideology and dive into that head first. By giving your child the autonomy to make their own decisions, you might discover that your child ends up making decisions very similar to yours. They might say, hmm, you know, most of how you brainwashed me was actually pretty good. I don't agree with all of it, but yeah, we're pretty much on the same page now that I've decided that for myself. But if your child doesn't have that kind of autonomy and critical thinking, you are going to lose them when they backlash against being treated as a child, and they will just become the child of some other dogma. So there you have it, a bunch of unsolicited parenting advice from someone who isn't even a parent at all. <laughs> 